Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Had a great week with the horses. This week um, has been pretty busy because last week I actually, for a week, I did not swing a leg over a horse, which is, uh, that does not happen to me very often. Um, Very rare that I'm off for a full week of riding, but I think I... I got uh, pneumonia, and uh, my doctor thinks I had COVID prior to that, and then it and didn't know it or whatever, just ignored it, and then led to pneumonia. And I'm gonna tell you what now, it kicked my butt. I was not in a good way. So if you get pneumonia, <laughs> if you if you start running a Anywhere from 101 to 103 and a half temperature for about four or five days, pay attention to it because uh, <laughs> if that pneumonia sets in now, it, it will uh, weaken your spirits a little bit. So, but, but anyway, I survived and everything's good and this week was really good. I tell you what, it's always good to see when, when those horses have a, you know, not normally I, they never get a week off, but when those horses that are in training have a little time off, that's not always a bad thing in the fact that you find out where you're really at fundamentally. You know, you find out how much foundation you really have in those horses. And so this week was good and it was pretty encouraging because those horses came right back and I felt like we had a great week of training. You know, so it was it was good. The break was good for me, and the break was good for them. Obviously, for me, I got I got kind of well, and and for them, they kind of freshened up, and the weather's cooled off a little bit, and it's been much much more pleasant here. Um, we've had an extremely hot summer, and you know, just that time of year. But we're we're starting to get in the fall of the year now, and cooler mornings, and starting to feel like football weather, which I love the fall, so I'm I'm really looking forward to what's coming. Head out to Cody next week. I do a clinic in Cody, and then two weeks after that, I'll be in Delta, Utah for a clinic that we just added. And then after that, we have a mentorship week where we have three basically interns coming in, and that's going to be really fun because that'll be a lot of lot of one-on-one, a lot of working on specific challenges. We've uh, remodeled the bunkhouse and it's really nice. We've got one of our apartments we're going to keep open all winter. So customers that are coming through that want to ride for an hour, a day, a week, a month, we're going to have that available all winter, fall, winter, and spring. So that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. We've got quite a few people that have already reserved days where they're going to be coming through at different times. And so that's, that's going to be fun. I, that, that's the favorite part, my favorite part about what I do. What I'm going to talk about today is a couple things that have come up this week with customers when they've 
talking about horses that they have in training. One today that I was showing a horse this morning. He's a four-year-old gelding, well-bred, got the potential to be a really, really nice horse. I've had this horse for nine weeks. And probably in those nine weeks, legitimately, I have seven full weeks of riding. Because like I said, last week I was off. And then I'm sure, I don't know exactly, but there's always a day or two in there, here and there, that you miss. You know, I try not to ride on Sundays if I don't have to. This horse, for probably seven legitimate weeks of riding, has really come a long ways. Had a really good conversation with the owner this morning. And, you know, she's a, she's a mom, she's a young trainer, uh, really talented mom of two, you know, we talked about this horse in particular, which this applies to a lot of horses and really applies to every horse that I have in training. As we progress these prospects in their training, which progressing them in their training is all about building foundation. This horse, this horse came and he'd been rode and he was gentle, but really and truly he had no foundation. And well, I don't, I don't want to say no foundation, but it, it was, he had a lot of chinks in his armor. He was, there were a lot of weaknesses and, and you know, that that's typical of any young horse. I mean, number one, they haven't been alive long enough. Number two, they don't have enough rides. You know, the only way you build a foundation is by being on their back, you know, so standing around for a year or, you know, if whatever, that that's fine. That helps a horse grow up into themselves and all that, but, but that doesn't build a foundation. You know, that's why I always say age has nothing to do with it. I mean, you can have a horse that's a three-year-old that has great foundation. You can have one that's 13 that's got a terrible foundation. I'll give you an example. So I've got a really, really nice mare that I call Reba. And Reba is, I don't have, Reba is papered, but I do not have the papers. I didn't get them when I bought her. So just by her teeth, I'm guessing her at 14 or 15. Well, she's a very, very talented mare. But when I got her, she was kind of blown up in the box. Her fundamentals were really and truly, they were kind of pathetic. And we've had her since she was 10 or 11. And today when i worked her i'm still working on reinforcing fundamentals you know she's probably 14 years old so you know just like this mare got a ton of talent and she's a really nice horse but at the same time fundamentally she still has chinks in her armor well you know i've got a four-year-old gelding that's that's fixing to go back to Tannerinic for the majority of this coming year and Tana's going to run her and and a lot of you have heard me talk about him his name's Boone he's a he's a uh, out of the best mare we've ever had a mare that we call Annie it's a mare that Hannah's roped on for like 15 years I think I think Annie's 18 or 19 so she's she's roped on that mare for 14 or 15 years and that mare is still sound and solid best mare i've ever thrown a leg over as far as 
toughness, gritty winner. When the lights come on, she she gets it. I mean, and then Boone's out of her and by streaking boondocks, which I love streaking boondocks. Well, last year Boone was three, and he was at Tana's. Tana had him for three or four months last year as well, and and he was a nice horse. You know, he was started pretty darn nice when I sent him down there, and and Tana did a good job with him, and and when I got him back, he was a pretty nice horse. You know, I thought he rode pretty good, but he didn't ride great. Well, like for with Boone, since I've had him home, I've had him to several clinics, worked out a few kinks, and I've got a good three or four more months of riding on him, probably four, and I've camped on him. Well, that horse fundamentally, you know, compared to Reba, Boone is four now, Reba's 14. I mean, there's no comparison. Reba's a really, really nice mare, but fundamentally, Boone's better. Well, that's why I mean age doesn't matter. You know, foundation is all about correct repetitions, building and reinforcing a foundation. Well, this this four-year-old gelding that I was showing this morning for my customer, and she's a really good rider, real talented. You know, this horse is at the point now where he needs, you know, he needs more speed put with the exercises, needs a little more pressure on him. Like I was explaining to her this morning, he's at the point where during when you're working him, he's got to be pushed outside of his comfort zone and, and give him the opportunity to either handle it or fall apart. Either one is fine. If they handle it, great. If they fall apart, great. Because if they fall apart, then that's an opportunity for a training moment to put him back together. And, and sometimes I think we're, sometimes, well, I know we are. I mean, I know I've been this way, you know, 25 years ago. I was, I was afraid to put horses in a situation where they might fail because if they didn't, if they fell apart, then I felt like I had failed. Well, the exact opposite is true. If you don't put your horse in situations where basically the two, two things that can happen are number one, they handle it, or number two, they fall apart, understand understand that either is great because even if your horse falls apart that gives you the opportunity to help them put them back together and show them that they can go to that next level and be okay because here's the thing whether it's a horse or a human you can't hang around in your comfort zone and be great at anything I mean, being comfortable is great. I get it. I love being comfortable. But if you're not, if you're not gutsy enough to get outside that comfort zone, you'll never be great at anything. And with a horse, horses need to, you know, I, I, I'm a huge believer in this, that horses need us to help them develop courage, meaning 
put them, we need to help them be in situations where we push them out of their comfort zone. Usually that is just putting a little more speed or intensity with an exercise. Real simple. But we need to do that so that they understand that they can go to that level and they've got the courage to go to that level or go at that speed and still complete the desired task for their discipline. And, and I think that's a huge thing with horses, you know, and, and I know I haven't always been real great at that, but, you know, hanging around in this business, this is my 42nd year training horses for the public. You know, you, you do gain confidence over the years and you're, you have confidence in doing things that maybe at one point you didn't have confidence in doing. And, and this is one of them. So it's just like today with this gelding, you know, loping circles, this horse, loping slower circles and nice controlled circles. I mean, this horse ro lopes around like a finished trainer. He's really, really collected, really soft in the bridle stays behind that bridle he's nice and round in his back he's you know he's soft in his rib cage he keeps his rib cage picked up not really good lateral softness at the slower speeds which a lot of horses have this and now there are a lot of horses that don't i mean and if you don't have really great lateral and vertical softness at slower speeds uh and with any kind of speed you're in trouble well just like with this gelding as soon as i laid the calf of my leg on him and started asking for more effort more speed increase the anxiety a little bit first thing that happens he wants to elevate his head a little bit not not a lot but enough that i can feel his back hollow out and i can feel him get front end loaded well, as soon as you're in that position, just that slight elevation of his head, just say two inches. Even as soon as that horse starts thinking about elevating his head, his back hollows out. Well, as soon as a horse's back is hollowed out, there's more weight on their front end than there was before. Okay, when a horse is, when a horse is collected and round in their back and that rib cage is picked up, your horse is more balanced. And when I talk about balance, I'm talking about weight on the front end versus weight on the back end. That, that's what balance is, is what percentage of weights on the front end, what percentage of weight is on the back end. You know, and I hate, I hate a horse that's front end loaded because it's, it's just like, going into a stop or a turn on a bike and getting on the front brake. You, the, all of your pressure goes to that front end. More of that weight distribution goes to that front end. The front end to, to secure its balance gets stiff in the front end. Because just think about it. If, if a horse has more weight on their front end and they don't get, they don't get sticky in the front end, what's going to happen to them? they're going to go down. If that, if those front feet stay real, real smooth and fluid and moving forward, 
you know, or or they don't brace. I guess what I'm trying to say is if they don't somehow compensate with their front end, their front feet, that horse is just going to go down. So that that's why a horse does that. They go into self-preservation mode. Well, just like with this gelding today, when I was doing a simple exercise of loping circles and then going into a counter arc, counter arcing him off into the opposite direction to begin with at the slower speeds he's really now he's gotten to where he's really nice and collected and smooth and fluid but as i increase speed then he starts to get sticky because he goes into that self-preservation mode he goes into that where with more speed and a little more anxiety of course that's triggering a reactive response Anytime you increase the speed, you increase anxiety, you increase a reactive response. Well, then that head wants to elevate a little bit. Well, as soon as that head elevates, that back starts to hollow out. Well, as soon as that happens, that horse gets front end loaded. As soon as that happens, then your horse is sticky in their shoulders. You know, and, and just like with this horse today, you could see it immediately. He's at that point where... When I, when I put more pressure on him and I ask for more speed and I create a little more of an anxiety-filled situation or I create a reactive response, you know, then he starts to fall apart a little bit. Well, that's okay. Just like there when he would fall apart and get sticky and I would squeeze and I would keep asking and when he would free up, and get moving and get off my leg and get off my rein, then I would release, but I would keep that forward motion. Well, pretty soon he figures that out. He relaxes. He figures out that even at that higher speed and with more pressure on him, he can still complete that task in a nice, smooth, fluid motion. And, you know, like I was explaining to my customer this morning, all of these horses have to go through that. And I think just like for her, and we were talking about this, like she's a mother of two small boys, two young boys, you know, a wife, a mother. Sometimes when you get in those situations and things get sticky and, and everything becomes a negotiation with your horse, I think as a mom, because I know, I know like with Bridget, I mean, my wife, you know, her, her, her main job is being a mom. I mean, that's, she's great at it. You know, she's, that's, that's the women have a unbelievable mothering instinct. And what I'm getting at here is with some of these young horses when you're a mom and you have priorities that are much more important than training a colt, understand that sometimes when you get in those situations where you apply more pressure, but then it gets a little bit scary there for a minute. Like I said, you, you got to push these horses to a point where they either respond favorably 
or they fall apart. And like I said, either one's okay. Well, I think sometimes when you're in that position where your number one priority is a mom, sometimes these cults take a little bit advantage of that by making things in those situations, they figure out that they can make everything into a negotiation. And this, this gelding here is good at that. Now, I don't think that is because of anything that was done prior to when I got him. He's just, he's just got a little of that in him. Like, especially when I first got him, every time I asked him to do anything where he had to put out a little more effort and there was a little more pressure and a little more intensity, it was always a negotiation. It was like, uh, do I have to? I don't know if I have to. Are you going to make me? Are you going to stay with it or are you going to quit? Are you going to give up? You know, he tried me a lot. Well, for me, I've been doing this for a while. Once I ask, there's no backup in me. I mean, I'm going to ask, I'm going to stay with it, and I'm just going to stay with it until they find the answer. I mean, there's, I'm not, I'm not starting over. Now, there are times that it could get to the point where it's a little scary and it's anything with you do with a horse can be dangerous. Anybody who says working with horses is never dangerous is kidding themselves. They're kidding themselves. And so we had a good talk about that this morning and, and you know, she said at one point, you know, there's a time when I get into those situations where the first thing I think of is safety because she has other people depending on her. And, you know, this is a topic that I've never talked about on any of my podcasts. But after today and after showing that horse, I thought, you know, this, this is something that everybody out there needs to hear. And... And it doesn't matter if you're a, a mother, a father, what your situation is. There are times when there's no shame in letting someone else get your horse through some of those challenges. Now, there's nothing wrong, you know, there's nothing wrong with you doing it yourself either. But understand, it's just like with my wife. There are certain, there's very few horses, young horses that I ever let her get on. And number one, it's because I've got more experience with them. And number two, her safety is number one, period. I mean, I'm not going to get her hurt just to see how far along a colt is. I mean, she doesn't ride any colts. I mean, Boone rides like a champ, and I think she's rode him a time or two. Because when, when he's ready, I want her to be able to just put her hand down and go run him. And so, you know, and I'm not telling everybody out there, don't ever ride a colt. Don't, you know, because a lot of you ride faturity colts and, you know, do really, really well. I mean, I've got a, you know, I've got a lot of customers lot of good friends that ride a lot of young horses but what i am telling you is understand 
that when you get to that your horse to that point in their training where you have to push them out of their comfort zone and you have to put them in a position where they either succeed with the extra pressure, with the extra anxiety, or they fall apart. And like I said before, understand either is fine. If they succeed, if they take it, if they excel, awesome. If they fall apart and you have to help put them back together, awesome. It's going to happen. I promise you. If you think you're the first person that's going to push one out of their comfort zone and try to reach another level and they never fall apart, you're kidding yourself. It's going to happen. It happens to me all the time, but I know it's going to happen. I'm, I'm giving them the opportunity to fall apart, but I'm also giving them the opportunity to succeed. I'm giving them the opportunity to hang together and build that courage that I'm talking about. You know, horses are just like people. You can't live in a bubble. You know, you've got to be bold. You've got to be courageous. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable if you're going to do anything great in this world. You know, if you're going to be a great example to your family, your kids, you know, a mentor to others, you, you got to have courage. Well, your horses have to have courage. I, here's what really got me to thinking about this. The best horses I ever had, the best horses I ever made, we used for everything. I would have one, back in the day, I'd have one good horse and I would rope pick up on him. We'd run barrels on him. We'd do everything on him. And you know what happened? That horse got pushed out of his comfort zone so many times that, you know what, that it got to where there wasn't a spot you could push him to that he wasn't comfortable. I mean, there wasn't that next place where he fell apart. Well, that's because he had courage. He had confidence. He had been put in situations where he figured out, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but I'll survive. Well, that's just a good lesson for all of us to think about because that's whether it's life or training horses, you got to give them a chance to build that courage and that confidence, just like with ourselves. So think about that this week when you're training. Think about that when you're riding your horse and when you're pushing them out of that comfort zone. And if you're not comfortable with it, let somebody else do it. There's no shame in that. Safety is always first. Hey, thanks to all our listeners. Gosh, we appreciate you. We're getting close to the half a million downloads, which is awesome. Um, have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, today and every day, always be your best. Hey everybody, today's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship is brought to you by our awesome sponsors, Classic Equine, Martin Saddlery, Cinch, Perina, Healthy Coat, Silver Lining Herbs, Star Bar, Clarify, and Better Horses. 
These brands have been a part of our program for many years and their products continue to play a very important role in the success of our performance horse training program. To support these brands, please head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com and click on our sponsors tab.